cool. Yeah, this is good. And then... Episode five is this? Episode four. This is episode five. This is five. Cool. Episode five. Levels, levels, levels. Levels? Levels! (laughs) What's the deal with levels? (laughs) Am I right, guys? Yeah. Cool. We're good. Welcome to episode five of Movie Bong. We've got some big news. Big news. Mike went away after last week's episode, and he's been furiously writing the screenplay for Sex Bitch. Sex Bitch, the Ariana Sex Bitch Chronicles. Yes, Red, (laughs) I have been writing that screenplay. After the the big whirlwind pitch of the last episode, Mm -hmm. um, some producers uh, got in touch no. Uh, some Hollywood bigwigs. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but I was just like, as long as there's not Weinstein. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so these Hollywood bigwigs got in touch and they said they really wanted to make the project. It's amazing. Uh, I know. Uh, and they were so excited about it, so passionate that they greenlit it completely. Whoa. It went ahead <laughs> wow. and it's actually been made in about a week. Uh, yeah, so this is a, a clip from the trailer of Sex Bitch, the Ariana Crop. Sorry, what's the full title? Well, I want to get this right. Yeah, I mean, this was my pitch for the erotic thriller Sex Bitch, the Ariana Sex Bitch Chronicles. Right. And it was a scandalous <laughs> sci-fi road movie erotic thriller epic that uh, was just waiting to be made. Well, let's get on with the trailer. Uh, I, I can't believe this has been made. This is genuinely incredible. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm just waiting for the paycheck, really. This summer, from the makers of prison food, comes a chilling tale of sex and revenge. Robert Patterson. I'm a doctor of genital technology. I can rebuild her. Whoopi Goldberg. If you can't handle a fart, you can't handle me. I have never, ever seen anything like this. Sex bitch. Well, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing that. That was amazing. I mean, that (laughs) sounded amazing. I mean, I'm just proud that Ariana... Sex bitch. Her story is being told for the masses. It's interesting, you know, because uh, Whoopi Goldberg's taken a, a big break from, from the big screen. It's interesting that she's chosen this role to return. It is a very... Very strange. Unusual role and a departure mm. uh, for Whoopi. But, um, I mean, we were going to go with Natalie Dormer, Scarlett, uh, Scarlett uh, Johansson, someone like that. Right, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoopi just got it in the end. Yeah. She, she, she... And I think she helped produce it and put a lot of money into the project herself. Were you there during the casting then? Yes. uh, And we went through a lot of sex pitches. But um, (laughs) we finally, yeah, said, Whoopi's the one, despite Mm -hmm. the um, age 
and um, the fact that she was nothing like the original character that we had planned. Um, but, um, I mean, look at Beverly Hills Cop. That was originally meant to be Sliced Alone. Got Eddie Murphy, yeah. and here we are. And that's a legendary film. What I think is quite interesting about it is, obviously it's a strange decision for Whoopi to be involved in it, but it seems kind of expected for Robert Patterson to be involved in this sort of uh, uh, strange B-movie sexy thriller. Well, he missed out on the Fifty Shades films Mm, because he'd already done Twilight, so I don't think he wanted to be um, tainted with that. Uh, But uh, So that Jamie Dornan, is that his name? The Irish guy got it instead, didn't he? Yeah. The Fifty Shades bloke. Um, and he seems like he hates those movies. <laughs> like he seems to be in he them, but does. like whenever he's, particularly when he's on Graham Norton or anything like that, whenever he's on a TV show, he just seems generally embarrassed about the movies. And I think maybe erotic thrillers are slightly embarrassing, and maybe we were foolish in trying to handle that subgenre. But it was it got us out of our comfort zone. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing Sex Bitch and hopefully there might be some more movies in the works for your production company yeah. in future. Sex Bitch, Ariana, sex, the Ariana Sex Bitch Chronicles. Cool. Just wanted, just, that's the full <laughs> title. I'm nitpicking. Well, anyway, uh, this week is a folk horror episode. Uh, we spoke briefly last week about The Unholy Trinity, which are the big three folk horror movies, which are obviously The Wicker Man, Blood on Satan's Claw, and... The Witchfinder General. Um, this week, we were going to give you an idea of uh, some lesser-known movies that are worth a watch. Uh, wh- which ones have we seen? We've seen Hole in the Ground recently. Yes, um, it was a new Irish horror. I should say, when we talk about um, those trinity, uh, the the trilogy. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't understand why they leave out. There's a film called Devil Rides Out which is a right. folk horror with Christopher Lee. And that should sort of... I think that should be more of a foursome. But anyway... We'll, <laughs> We're actually um, going to see The Devil Rides Out at Stockport Plaza as well. Yes. In a couple yes. months, because it's, it's, it's showing there they're doing yes. a double bill of Hammer Horror. Yes, and the, it's two sort of Hammer Horror folk horror films, um, which is De- Devil Rides Out and Plague mm-hmm, of Zombies, mm-hmm. which I believe is, even though it sounds like a pure zombie film, it is very folk horror Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's good to give them a plug. Uh, Grimfest, I think it's in June, and it's at Stockport Plaza. Go and check it out. Yeah, the Grimfest guys are great, and they're always worth checking out. Um, but we saw Hole in the Ground. We did. And uh, it, it's an Irish folk horror movie. Um, it's got a really cool little concept. Um, it kind of touches on the Irish folklore that... The movie The Hallow touched on a few years before. Yes, I thought no- it was quite similar. Yeah. Another Irish horror, but I think it's just it's it's just that sort of similar folklore. Like you've got vampire movies, like yeah. you've got different werewolf movies, you've got different Irish fairy folklore things. I don't know. It's hard to. I don't want to put any spoilers on anything. It's not really a spoiler. It's just it's a great, cool, weird little folk horror, modern folk horror, and I love Irish. Um, Irish mythology and Irish folk. It's worth saying as well uh, that we saw this in the cinema and we didn't realise it it had this long of a release. We thought we'd missed it. Uh, But it was amazing to see it in the cinema. I was really impressed with like the sound design of the movie. It was really overbearing at times, particularly like the opening Mm. of of the film, trying to not give away any spoilers, but like there are some harsh sounds in that film that really bring it to life. Yes, 
And you mentioned about the beginning, uh, it's got a wonderful last shot, which I loved. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a really cool folk horror. The actress and the little boy yep. actor are both really good as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember her name now, but I, an Irish friend of mine was saying that she... That they know her as the sort of she's being hailed as the Irish Scarlett uh, Johansson apparently, oh, right. but um, <laughs> I haven't. I don't know if she's probably on a lot of TV in Ireland. I don't know, but um, so yeah. I mean, this friend thought that this film would only be sort of released in Ireland. They weren't sure it was going to get a cinema release here, and it yeah. did. And we yeah, saw yeah. it, and yeah, thank God. No, uh, and and hopefully we see some more homegrown folk horror hits in cinema soon. Um, what else have we seen this week? We went to see Border. Yes, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Border. Um, yeah, I think that was... It was possibly the best film I've seen this year for me. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely up there. It's probably in a top ten for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether my favourite film this year so far was possibly the favourite. I don't know, which I saw in early January. But... Um, I That's just for me. me I don't it's know. the house that Jack built, which I technically saw at the start of the year. Oh, really? I haven't seen that yet, and I really want to. Um, so what was I talking about? Border. Yes, border. Right. <laughs> um, it's, hard to, it's a hard sell border, and it's hard to describe. Now, so you usually go in saying, oh, no, it was Oscar nominated for Best Foreign Film mm-hmm. uh, and Hair and Makeup, I think. And I don't know. any. That was probably it. I don't know. Um but the overall sort of concept of the film is a well it's it's a domestic fantasy romantic drama mm-hmm. about a troll who works on customs sweet uh, who works on the Swedish border for like customs yeah um so yeah, it's as weird as it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, that that is a bizarre concept, and I just loved it. I mean, just the idea of a sort of weird domestic fantasy, anyway, is is great for me. Like, I mean, the Lord of the Rings films are all right, but if they were just doing, it'd be a lot more. If the if the Lord of the Rings films were more domestic, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy them more. The great thing about this film is that it's yeah, it's a, a troll and it's mixing folklore within a sort of a more epic drama, the kind of thing that, you, that would get Oscar nominated. Well, I'm a big fan of Scandinavian noir, like sort of uh, The Killing, The Bridge, um, Norwegian or Swedish detective dramas, things like that. And this had a vibe very similar, which is what drew me in. Like, I wasn't sold going into this film, and you know. Well, I was uh, really <laughs> trying to get you to see this film, because I, I was, the minute I heard it was about a troll that works on the Swedish buster, uh, on the on the Swedish border, um, <laughs> I was just sold straight away. You I were just, so like, excited. Like, I just want any film where a troll's doing like a domestic job or something. So we had customs troll, I'd like admin troll, <laughs> retail troll, business troll, um, you know, a troll that works in the post office, whatever. Um, just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it was. It just really spoke to me. But yeah, th- it's interesting what you're saying there. It was a little sort of subplot within it yeah. that I was unexpecting. Very dark. Um, and it was it was like one, like a, a Swedish police procedural drama. Yeah. Or, Very um, similar to like Trapped, which I'm watching at the moment. Yes. Or even Shetland, I think, is kind of half counted with it being yes. so close to 
yeah. to Norway. But that both yeah. television shows are on BBC iPlayer at the moment. They're so, both great. I just love the fact that it ha- it was a fantasy film, but then it had all these different elements in it. And mm-hmm. um, I thought the the leads, you know, under all that makeup, um, the, they were fantastic, incredible. I mean, it's one of those films that gets known a lot for a certain thing that happens in it. Um, there's a, a very interesting, bizarre sex scene, um, which, you know, people have been, critics have been sort of lauding it as, you know, as, as weird as the Team America sex scene or something it's like very that. Very interesting. But it's not, it shouldn't be compared to something like that, though, you know what I mean? It's, I, I thought it was generally quite romantic, the sex scene. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think it, I think it was beautiful. Yeah, it, the film is just beautiful. I think it's, um, and it's sad, and it's just, you know, this woman who feels different, has felt different all her life, and is in this sort of um, humdrum relationship, marriage uh, of sort of convenience. Yeah. Um, And she starts to just learn about herself and what she is and who she is, and it sort of opens her up. Um, and we should say about the whole police procedural thing, it is because trolls can sort of, well, you need to go into the troll folklore because it's all out there. But trolls yeah. can smell emotions, trolls can smell fear, shame, things like that. And I love the way it picked loads of stuff like that, and loads of stuff from old troll folklore yeah. and put it into this whole new film. And I've never seen a film like it. Yeah, It was unique and original. And it's hard to see films these days that are t- genuinely original and unique so i love it (laughs) (laughs) uh well yeah highly recommended we also on the same night watched troll the movie troll (laughs) we did um which is a sort of 80s fantasy comedy horror b movie which was filmed in italy i think and it had some weird sequels after and troll 2 is renowned as one of the worst films ever made but but they're not actually sequels they're just movies that were made and then they called it troll 2 and troll 3 exactly (laughs) but then troll 2 is quite renowned for being one of the worst films ever made and there's a a very funny documentary i think about it and but we're talking about the original troll um from the 80s a bizarre comedy horror um about trolls and about a building block an apartment block that sort of slowly becomes a fantasy realm due to this meddling you know troll (laughs) this rascal (laughs) troll um but it's a strange film it's a film i always used to watch as a kid and it was one of those films that i went to the video shop and saw the cover and i was like oh i need to see that film (laughs) um but it's interesting because it's got lots of things that have been lifted in other fantasy, we think. Well, yeah. basically, the lead character is called Harry Potter. <laughs> and his son's called Harry Potter. There's Harry Potter Sr. and Harry Potter Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a fantasy film. And Harry Potter Sr. is played by Michael Moriarty, who's who's the lead in the stuff. And yeah. and he's just, he's charming and delightful. Yes, he's in Cue the Winged Serpent as well, which is a great uh, monster movie. Yeah, Larry and, Cohen movie, I believe. Yes. I um, and he's, yeah, he's a great, movie actor that you, yeah, we should seek out more and more of his stuff yeah, yeah yeah no he's bro um so basically i don't know whether jk rowling saw this film <laughs> or like maybe when she was stoned at uni did she go to uni <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anything about her <laughs> but she wrote a load of books and she's very rich uh, apparently 
Um, so I don't know if she she saw that, but then also in Labyrinth they they mention Hogwarts. Well, David Bowie calls Hoggle Hogwarts. Basically, she's oh. lifted she's lifted so much from various different fantasy films. <laughs> but this isn't attack. This isn't an attack on J.K. right now. But this does have a similar aesthetic to Labyrinth. Yes. It's that sort of lost genre of kids' movies that are a little bit scary and have lots of uh, special effects or puppets. Yes. And uh, I'd love to see a return of, of that sub-genre. Well, we're getting the... Um, is it Netflix? Or we're getting a TV series of Dark Crystal. Oh, prequel, yeah. Prequel to the Dark Crystal, which I think would be brilliant. But they've been banging on about that for years I know, now. but it's all... It's already now. It's oh, good. been done. The the voice cast list is insane. It's got Mark Hamill, Simon Pegg, <laughs> um, just tons and tons and tons. That uh, that guy from Kingsman, the young lad, played Eddie the Eagle. Oh, uh, Egg- Taron Egerton. Yeah, yeah. He's I think he's the main one of the leads. Um, and yeah, it just looks amazing. But we watched Troll, and I think it was the next day. Yeah, something sad happened, didn't it? And weird coincidentally yeah the, the 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 director of troll died within 12 hours of us watching troll yeah i mean we went to see border in the cinema and it, it kind of um it it gave me a passion for troll movies again yeah. i'm really in a troll mood at the moment we should say at this point the director of border is safe yes yes as far as we know. <laughs> but if you have any recommendations of movies you'd like us to see over the next week, you know, yeah. uh, w- with the hope of their director dying, yes. uh, give us a yes. tweet. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, apparently yeah. we are gifted. If you don't like a director and they've got a film coming out, or they've got <laughs> just, you know, uh, let us know. We'll go watch it. And hopefully that person will die. Yeah, but uh, very sad uh, with the passing of John Carl Buchler, the director of Troll. Yes, which I think is generally quite a good film. Okay, my pitch first. Now, I don't know, for for listeners, you might not know, but a couple days a week I work in Sheffield. Uh, I live in Manchester and I drive over to Sheffield, and that means driving over Snake Pass. Ooh! Mike, are you familiar with the road Snake Pass? I certainly am. (laughs) It's an amazing road. Uh, It sort of goes over the Pennines. It's all hilly. There's sheep. It's dangerous. People die on it. Um, And I've always been really fascinated by this road, Uh, not just by the the death and possible of of, of horror, Uh, but it's it's a beautiful location, whether it's raining, uh, if it's nighttime, snow, or even on a lovely sunny day, uh, Snake Pass always looks banging and i've always been really confused why no one set a movie on snake pass Uh, now they probably have before you write in um (laughs) but this is my idea um so it starts in sheffield uh with two couples uh they're in a curry house after a gig who were they seeing at the gig arctic monkeys uh oh i hadn't thought no i think they'd be going to see someone like uh della soul nwa like the like the Brian Jonestown massacre or something like that. Something, something or like a uh, Jesus and Mary chain. Right. Something that was like, something's a bit cool, something a bit different. Yeah. So these couples are played by, uh, the first couple is Joseph Gilgan uh, from This Is England, who's Woody in This Is England. He's also in Preacher at the moment. And he's also, he was also in Emmerdale. 
as one of the Dingles. <laughs> yes, that, that 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 peak of his career. Eli Dingle. <laughs> and his girlfriend is Emily Browning. Okay. She's great. Yeah, she is great. She's in American Gods at the moment, and I just think she's a fabulous actress. Yes. Um, the other couple is played by Thomas Brody Sangster, who you may remember from uh, Love Actually back in the day. He was the little boy that played the drums. Oh, right. And he's in Game of Thrones now. Right. And he's, I, think, I think he's pretty solid. And I think he'd be good for this role. I only know him as the little prick from Love Actually. So <laughs> Liam Neeson. Oh no, he's in lots of stuff now. Mate he's good. Love Actually. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is. And his <laughs> girlfriend in this is Saoirse Ronan, but who is brilliant? Yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant. <laughs> uh, in uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, mm. uh, Brooklyn. If you've seen that, uh, <laughs> Hannah. Really yes, good. she's great in Hannah. Yeah. Uh, and now she is in this movie, which for now I'm going to call Snake. It's a working title. Snake. Uh, now, I do want to say this idea of Snake, I kind of think it could be a mini series as well as this single movie. This could be like one installment of the Snake franchise. Are you sure you want to call it Snake? Because you will get a lot of old school mobile phone fans thinking it's a big movie of snake <laughs> you know the the mobile phone game snake maybe that's the big twist at the end maybe it's like lost <laughs> maybe they're actually trapped in a giant yeah a but, giant you know, game of snake i was just thinking they might make you know angry birds got a big budget kids film so why <laughs> shouldn't snake but anyway carry on anyway let's get back to snake um these couples travel from sheffield back to manchester which means they're going to have to travel over Snake. They do your commute, basically. <laughs> yeah, they basically do my commute home. Uh, Joseph Gilgan is a little bit reluctant to go on Snake Pass. He's reluctant to drive on it. Seems scared of it. Does he have secrets? Are the weather conditions bad? Why not? Mm. It's dark. You love storm and rain and stuff. Yes, this is a thing about me that listeners need to know. I just love rain. I love storms, and I particularly love them when they're featured in movies. In fact, we watched a movie the other night called Storm Warning. Oh, it was so good. Which was really good, but which I saw... Just a slasher film, but some of the most inventive deaths I've ever seen. I'd seen it at Leeds uh, Film Festival many years ago at Horror All Nighter, but it was uh, very good, and uh, but no real plot. Good kills, though. <laughs> anyway, so they're driving over Snake Pass. Yeah. Brody Sangster and Ronan, they're in one car. They're out front, okay? And they start sort of, you know, they speed off into the distance. You know, they're, they're sort of, they're racing. They're having a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, so they leave sort of like Joseph Gilgan and Emily Browning in the car behind. Uh, they're trailing. Uh, they're driving down. They're having a lovely time. But they get around a corner where they see the car in front has pulled over, right? Seems to have crashed. Uh, The driver's door's open. They pull over to see what's going on, okay? So they approach the car. Only Thomas Brody Sangster is in the car. Saoirse Ronan is nowhere to be seen, okay? Joseph Gilgan tells Emily Browning to stay in the car while he checks it out. So Joseph goes over to Thomas Brody Sangster, yeah? Are you following? Like, I know these names are a bit confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I probably should have just given them character names. Yeah. It was, I mean, it'd be easier for me if you said Eli Dingle from Emmerdale. All right. Yeah, no, and, we'll do that um, then. And the little prick from Love Actually. Okay, we'll do it like that. So Eli Dingle goes <laughs> over to the little prick from Love Actually. Excellent. Who's in the car. Yes. And I can really like, see it now. <laughs> 
And he's like, what's happened? Where's Saoirse? Um, are you okay with Saoirse? I'm fine with her. I mean, cool. she's Saoirse. He's like, where's Saoirse? And the little prick from Love Actually <laughs> yeah. is like, they have taken her. <gasps> they. They? They. Who's they? At that moment, Eli Dingle hears the screeching of his car behind. His car flies off into the distance, obviously with Emily Browning still in it. His wife has been abducted, as well as the little prick from Love Actually's wife. They've, right. Their wives have been abducted by them, in air quotes. Now, you see, again, you said they were taken. The little shit from Love Actually, his stepdad is Liam Neeson, so surely he could... <laughs> but no, that, that, that's something we can talk about later. But yeah. So then, uh, Eli Dingle and the little prick from Love Actually have to basically go and find their wives. They walk down the road, they walk down Snake Pass, they walk through the woods. They're gen generally on a journey. Uh, I'm basically filling, and I haven't worked out what happens in the middle of the film. <laughs> yeah. But the finale, oh my. Right. They come across a cabin in the woods. All right. Wow, that's original. <laughs> oh yeah, mate, we're going places. <laughs> they go into the cabin, right? Okay, okay. In the cabin... Emily Browning is being sort of like held captive. Right. By Saoirse Ronan. Right. Saoirse Ronan then takes Eli Dingle captive as well. So Eli Dingle and Emily Browning, they're captives, yeah? They've yes. been held hostage. So Saoirse Ronan and the prick from Love Actually are the bad guys. Right. Twist. They are vampires. Holy shit. But they're kind of, uh, they're different to most vampires. They have rejected an urban life of murder and embraced a rural life where they live off the land so they kill creatures rather than people. So this is where it really becomes folk horror. Exactly. Right. Because uh, uh, a moment then, you know, it was sort of on the road, drive by, yeah. possibly a slasher film, then it's a vampire film, but now we're getting to the meat of folk horror. Yeah, you know it's folk horror. Because they're wearing hemp. Right. And and maybe there's a banjo in the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some sort of flute. Someone's got a, like a big goat or dog head thing. Yeah. Mask on. Why not? So they're vampires, but they're sort of ending their life cycle or choosing to end their life cycle. They've been around for hundreds of years. They've seen it all. They've done it all. They've decided to end it all. Okay. Um, so they're going to end it later that evening. Um, but they want to tie up a couple loose ends before they go. They saw the hit and run of this child who had uh, learning difficulties. Uh, it was very sad. They'd sort of like escaped their home one night, got hit by a car. That car sped off. Right. Uh, that car was being driven by Joseph Gilgan, uh, Eli Dingle. Shit. Yeah. Uh, now, it's worth mentioning these vampires... Because they live off the land, they're sort of like nice vampires. Yeah. They're, they're actually vampires that have grown to think life is sort of sacred. So seeing a child in a hit and run would affect them the same as it would anyone. Yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah. Emotionally. However, they have powers whereby they can sort of stop that. They, um, they come across the child and they, they bite him on the neck and they turn him into a vampire to try and give him a new lease of life. Uh, the, the problem is, is that they aren't fully aware of his full medical condition at the time they do this. 
because there's a caveat to transforming people into vampires, whereby I think kind of whatever injuries you've had before you get turned into a vampire, I think you kind of keep some of those injuries, particularly broken bones, right? So this kid, he's he's had all his bones shattered and now he's turned into a vampire, but like the healing... Uh, advantages of being a vampire aren't really working so he's sort of like you know floppy he can't really walk he's heavily disabled now um it's very sad and traumatic and awful i know i'm crying (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just it's it's very sad he has learning difficulties um can't really communicate very well um so they don't really understand how they can look after him they end up having to sort of uh almost keep him like an animal uh, in, in in a cage, sort of feeding him right. body parts of uh, animals they find in the forest. Um, it's very sad. And they have decided to seek revenge on this awful tragedy by killing um, Eli Dingle. Oh, no. Uh, but the way they, they, they kill him is by sort of uh, allowing... They basically want the child to have revenge on Eli Dingle. So they sort of set the child loose on Eli Dingle. Right. You know? Oh, so that, like, like a psycho, ravenous, zombie, child, vampire thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Attacking Eli Dingle. I hope this isn't too traumatic. It's quite traumatic, but then <laughs> remember what you gave us on episode one. Um, yeah, this is a step down. No, but I mean, they're quite similar. You could do a double bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, but as we were talking about before, sort of genre mix, border particularly, um, Hole in the Ground is a bit of a genre mix. Now, yours does sound a lot like a vampire film, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. it is. But um, obviously, you're concentrating on this rural living, this living off the land. Yeah. Right? And as we were talking about Hole in the Ground, I keep calling it Hole in the Wall. But that, <laughs> that would be a movie version of the uh, BBC primetime television programme where Ainsley Harriet and Vanessa Feltz jump around a ball <laughs> pond in uh, Lycra. But um, it's not that. I was disappointed. But, um, but we really enjoyed Hole, Hole in the Ground. And that's got mixtures of, um, well, like all good folk horrors, I suppose, mixtures of different genres. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unlike Wicker Man, which is just folk, folk, folk. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, fantastic. And I like the I like the idea of sort of these vampires living off the land near Snake's Pass. Um, yeah, different. You know, like yeah. uh, vampires that appreciate life. Yes. Uh, but are coming to the end of their sort of like uh, worldly but weary. You know, like yes. uh, they acknowledge there's only so much you can do in life before you've just done things. Isn't it? You know. Um, no point in living forever. Uh, so, who wants to live forever? As <laughs> Freddie Mercury once sang to a load of immortal Highlanders in Scotland. <laughs> so Eli Dingle defeats uh, the vampire child. How? I haven't really thought it through. Just boots him off a cliff. He's only a kid. I think <laughs> it's quite kick his face off. I think. The death would be quite sad. So, you know, I don't want to sensationalise it or anything. Oh, it's yeah. more a thing that he has to do. And I think he would be very affected by it, knowing that this is now the second time that he's killed uh, this child. So this film's going to be quite emotional and yeah. dramatic, as well as a folk horror. So this could be folk horror getting 
Oscar attention kind of kind of folk horror. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's still a, a British yeah, low budget right. indie horror. You're right. Uh, so I don't really see this getting Oscar attention. Yeah. Um, no, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then something like Border got Oscar attention, and yep. that was essentially sort of a folk horror, a folk yep. monster movie, drama, bizarre romance, slash procedural troll cop <laughs> movie. I mean, it's all these things. It's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, no, yours sounds great. And what would this film be called? Snakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is Snake, uh, but I'm probably going to return to this idea in a future episode because I think there's so much to do with this setting. On and Snake's Path. Yeah, so yeah. this could be a miniseries, a TV series. It could be anthology movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Different stories all set on Snake's Path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, at the end, after Eli Dingle has defeated uh, the child, um, the prick from Love Actually and Saoirse Ronan, they, they kill themselves, probably in a ceremonial fire. Good. Yeah, they just kill themselves. Yeah. Um, but Emily Browning is left, and they sort of escape. Emily Browning and Eli Dingle. But Emily Browning's annoyed at Eli Dingle because she's heard all of these awful things that he's done. He about he... the Dingles. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're a bad family. <laughs> but Kane was always. Oh, sorry. Carry on. We were you about to defend Kane. He's like the worst. I was one. about to say he was the worst one. You know, forget <laughs> Eli. Kane. Dingle. <laughs> Anyway, this is the Emmerdale podcast that you're listening to right now. And the final beat of the whole film is Emily Browning and Eli Dingle are having a dead big row because she's annoyed at him because he's done a hit and run and he's awful and he's killed this child. But as she says this, she steps out into the road and she's hit by a car. Holy shit! And the car drives off and Eli just has to deal with it. He cries in the woods and that's it. Oh my... That's the end of Snake. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> um, yeah, no, that sounds like a generally quite good film. <laughs> Just sort of like a dark indie folk horror. I had the ritual in mind when I was making yes. this. I thought it was just kind of similar to that—a very simple movie, yes. but effective nonetheless. There's an Irish, another Irish horror film. Um, I don't even remember the name of it. In Fear or Fear, or it's about this couple on a. A bit like that. I'm like, they're not on Snake's Pass. They're on a road and they get chased by a killer and that kind of thing. But very much that kind of vibe. And there's so much, there's so much good horror you can get from those kind of kind of surroundings like Snake's Pass. <laughs> okay, time for my folk horror pitch. Okay, this is based on a real festival in the Netherlands. Ooh, this film. Um, I have spoken to you about this festival before. Oh, yeah. Um, and you'll know what I'm talking about when I'll tell you the the name of this film uh-huh. will be Redhead Day. <laughs> now, Very I've, good. I've spoken to you about this festival before. I even was thinking about taking us there. <laughs> but basically, <laughs> this festival is a festival in the Netherlands, um, which is for... Gingers, exclusively for ginger people. Mm-hmm. A festival of gingers. <laughs> um, is that the name of a, a collective of gingers? Maybe it is. Is it? Is it not a sunburn? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a waif or <laughs> uh, a pail of gingers. Anyway, um, so uh, by the way, me and Red are both basically 
well, we are gingers. Yeah, no, we, we are gingers. We're not making fun of ginger kind. Yeah, yeah. We, we are them. <laughs> and, yeah, and I'm not doing any sort of cultural appropriation here. Because nobody would ever do cultural appropriation for gingers. But anyway, um, we are ginger, so we thought, I thought maybe Red would be interested in talking to the people of this Redhead Day Festival about maybe putting on some comedy or all by ginger comedians. Yeah. Doing yeah, jokes no, about. I, sh- I, sh- I will actually look this up. Yeah, yeah. Like I will do. This. But you did make you did make a, an interesting point about the fact that it may go a bit white, white, white. Everyone's ginger. Everyone's yeah, white. A it, bit white supremacy. It <laughs> let's sounds hope sounds a bit neo-Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I know, but let's hope it isn't. Anyway, you know how angry gingers get. We do. We're an angry people. Yes, we are. We are. So this is Redhead Day, basically based around uh, that festival in the Netherlands. It doesn't uh-huh. actually have to be that festival. It's The idea is that this is a festival um, that gingers from all around the world go to meet up and do whatever they do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they do. And that's where the mystery and horror comes from, I guess. Um, what goes on at these festivals? So we have, um, let's say, young adult travellers. Well, I'm thinking, like what I was suggesting to you, the people in the film are trying to bring entertainment to the festival, maybe. Um, oh, maybe okay, they are yeah. a DJ. Yeah. So you've got a team of them. Maybe one's a DJ. Maybe one's a comedian. Maybe one, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got this team. We've got Rupert Grint, obviously. Oh, oh okay. Maybe he's the stand-up. Or um, we've got um, the brilliant Jesse Buckley, who was in a film called The Beast. Yes. Or Beast, just called Beast. It's just Beast, Just Beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a very folky, rural, sort of dark murder a film it's fantastic absolutely brilliant i've been meaning to watch it for a while actually. um and she is a revelation and she's absolutely brilliant it also stars um johnny flynn who mm-hmm. is um jerome flynn's son from robson and jerome and games of thrones um is his son yeah it is his son and he um wrote the amazing theme tune to the brilliant bbc4 sitcom the Detect- the detectorists Oh, wow. Um, Which is brilliant. Anyway, he's a great actor. He's in that. But Jesse Buckley from Beast is in this film. Yep. She's ginger. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think maybe she's the cool DJ or I don't know. Um, So it should also feature um, there's this slightly sinister looking ginger actress from a film called Pincushion, which I've never seen. Oh, yeah. But it looked really good about bullying. Features Joanna Scallion from The Thick of It and stuff as the mum. Someone has told me all about that film. They've given me a sort of spoiler for the end. It's it's horrific, uh, but it does sound good. Oh, you've been but, spoiled. Who are these people? You always talk about films <laughs> being spoiled for you. Who are these spoilers no, you hang out with? I listen to a lot of like movie stuff and I don't know, you get things spoiled for you. I'm sure we've spoiled things for people on this podcast. Possibly, but I, I think I'm quite good at not spoiling things and I, I give right kinds of information, little snippets and not spoiling things. Fair enough, fair enough. And I've managed to go around being a film fan and not get that many things spoiled for me. You see what yeah. I mean about gingers getting angry? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> So here we are. We've got Rupert Grint. We've got Jess Buckley. Uh, possibly the sinister girl from that pincushion movie. Yep. Um, I don't say sinister. She's probably a lovely girl. It's just she's, she's, she's got a, a very haunting sort of look. And um, any other sort of ginger... <laughs> I, I mean, we just do a sort of shout-out to all ginger 
actors and actresses, really. So, I mean, you're, you're just ticking boxes here. This, yeah. is, this is affirmative yeah. action. Yes. It's political correctness gone mad, Mike. Well, this I'm is something so we should... No, well, this is something we should be passionate about, Ren. I mean, this oh, yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ginger, this ginger awareness. And this is a, <laughs> finally a full horror movie, a folk horror movie, starring gingers, all about gingers, right? Well, if it benefits us, we're all for it. Exactly. <laughs> so, Redhead Day, they go to this festival. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's all sort of a bit wicker manny from that point. Or they go to this festival. They don't know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you say, I mean, at this point, I don't really have much of a middle, <laughs> much of a film <laughs> here. I mean, they go to this ginger festival, um, and yeah, you know, they they start to realise that shit is fucked up in a wicker man esque way. There's oh. um, going and there's you know, talk about these sacrifices and things that are big, a sort of a big climax to the festival maybe that everyone's talking about. Are you going to go down the sort of race route that we spoke about, the sort of neo-Nazi, uh, no, but that is white in it. supremacy? I hadn't thought about but you could well have a good subplot in there. When with... you say a good subplot, <laughs> it'd be harrowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean you could have some neo-Nazis that go there and they could be mm. good fodder for deaths. Yeah, you know I'm saying? that's true. Yeah, yeah, you could have you could have our heroes, our little team of Grint and Buckley and whoever else other ginger people, um, and you could have like a, yeah, some knobhead like nah, like right wing gingers or whatever, and they could all fucking die. <laughs> Ron Weasley, Nazi hunter. Yes, is basically <laughs> yes. That's what we're it. doing here. Yes, totally. Um, so. Anyway, so they're at this festival, dodgy shit going on, um, and I think I'd like it to sort of build into a finale reminiscent of the Suspiria remake. Ooh. I don't know. I love it. I absolutely love it. I don't know who's seen that, because it only got a very limited release when it came out. I think Tilda Swinton should have got nominated for Best Supporting Actress Uh at the Oscars, or Best Supporting Actor, even. (laughs) If you've watched the film, you'll know what I mean. Um, Her and and Tony Tony Collette should have got lead actress for it. Well, maybe not the Oscar, but nominated at least. But we talked about that. We're still angry about it, because we're ginger. Um, (laughs) So... (laughs) So this builds to a big finale. Okay. A bit like the Superior one. Yep. But, um, so you've got all these gingers all like queuing up, waiting for this big thing to happen. Yep. And then we have these creatures that come out, right? What? And they're like, they're fully red, like sunburned sort of skinless creatures. Oh, this is great. Yeah. But we're still like ginger heads of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, but they've basically got no skin because they've all been uh, so, you know, uh, and they're like hundreds of years old or something, like all fucked up. So, um, and so they all sit on these thrones and then they get um, fresh young gingers, people like Jess and, and, and Rupert. Yeah. Um, they skin them uh, and they turn their skin into smoothies, which the weird old men drink. <laughs> old men and women. Uh, that they drink. And sort of to, to, you know, in order to revitalize them. And this is what the whole festival's been about. Um, and so every year, like, I don't know, every year the odd ginger disappears and they're eating them and eating their skin. Um, so it's sort of like Soylent Green or, or a Soylent Ginger. I guess. Uh. Yeah, I guess. But they're sacrificing. I mean, there could also be a great plot where they're fucking, where they're, where they're, 
where the Skins movie is sort of distributed out in the festival mm. in a lot of like the food vans and drink vans and things like that. Because we've all been to festivals where, you know, you get dodgy stuff in a van. <laughs> um, oh, what's this? Tastes like the skin of a ginger. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just think it'd be awesome. Like, really, like, you could really dial down on the horror through most of the film, like Wicker Man, just be folky, just be sinister, just build the horror, and then have a big finale at the end where we have super old, sunburned, ginger, fucking weird master wizard, witch warlock people <laughs> who, um, you know, gather all these young gingers together and then feed on their skin. Sounds great. It sounds a lot like what I expect Midsummer is going to be a bit yes. like. Well, I want it. I'm, I'm thinking the same aesthetic, same look, yeah. that kind of thing. These young guys go to this um, this place to, for, you know, to get involved in this big folky festival. Proper folk have lots of flute, have lots of folk, have lots of gently Johnny. Have, have um, lots of what? Gently Johnny, <laughs> or have lots of. Uh, you know, folk. Um, and yeah, I just think that film could work and actually, you know, put a bit of a spotlight on gingers, but not, not too much of a spotlight, <laughs> not the sunlight. Um, yeah. No, that's absolutely great. Like, I love it. It'd be like Get Out, but for gingers. <laughs> or Ari Aster could direct it. Even. Yeah, yeah. Ari yeah. Aster from Hereditary and the new Midsummer movie could direct it or the per- or whoever did beast with jess buckley yes i'm not sure who did that <laughs> no but um it is available on amazon prime though yes beast. check it out it's fantastic uh for mine i'd say probably uh i'd probably just say ben wheatley would direct mine ben uh, wheatley for snakes yeah for snake snakes pass snake pass anthology whatever it's, it is it's called snake snake keep it clean ben wheatley snake <laughs> anyway uh thanks for listening i've been red redmond And I'm Mike Dingle. And you've been listening to the Emmerdale Podcast. (laughs) 